So I have two kind of very important early memories of uh, first discovering the Episcopal Church. Memories of kind of initially coming into this tradition, seeing it and being pulled toward it for the first time. Um, this Anglican tradition that we uh, celebrate, that we are a part of, we are blessed to be a part of here at All Saints Church. One was very much at a distance. It was seeing Rowan Williams, the great theologian and former Archbishop of Canterbury, on a TV documentary produced by National Geographic, which featured a bunch of uh, leaders of world religions. So at the time it was Pope Benedict XVI, the Dalai Lama, the then Chief Rabbi of Israel, Hindu leader Amma, others um, of the like. And with that group of people on the world stage, Rowan Williams. And me being sort of singularly impressed with him among this crowd of um, people and the spiritual life that he seemed to embody. And kind of thinking from my vantage point and my very small town looking out at his witness um, in the wider world, thinking, oh, this is, if this is his thing, uh, this is interesting. I might want to know a little more about that. The other was much more personal, and it was that at some point during my first year of college, I had heard about this place called Sewanee, the University of the South, which was only about an hour drive north of my college town. And I'd heard that they were having something called Advent Lessons and Carols, uh, with readings and music having to do with the holiday season. I think it, at least by that point, I probably knew what Advent was, but I wasn't aware of this tradition of lessons and carols in particular. And you know, being someone who has always been very into the December holidays time of year, if you've been in the office any this week, you'll have heard Catherine and me listening to Christmas music already. I am sorry. Um, I saw this um, that first year of college and thought, I, uh, yeah, I, I definitely want to check that out. So I, regis I register for it online, I strike out in my car, and I drive up from the valley that Chattanooga kind of sits in to um, up, the, up the mountain, as they say, up on this plateau thing that Sewanee sits on. And so I take the exit, and I drive through this little entrance into this isolated little university town, and it kind of opens up onto the uh, university and particularly the chapel. And when I tell you that it was just the glory of God, it was uh, absolutely the ideal, like platonic ideal of what Lessons and Carols is. This chapel, which is incidentally also called All Saints at Sewanee, this great stone chapel sitting on this beautiful college yard based on something out of Oxford, but tucked away on this little plateau in Tennessee in early December, with just a little bit of snow falling. I mean, it was just perfect. I think I may have heard Creator of the Stars of Night for the first time as the introit that night. I could go on and on, I will spare you. And I hope it still hits like that today, um, down there. Um, if someone has been, please let me know. And so both of these things started something in me, in my journey of faith, and started to pull me toward this way of being Christian that was, at the time, new and unfamiliar to me, completely by way of fascination. No one was selling anything to me. I kind of just saw some of the best of what it was and started making that journey toward it myself. Lessons and Carols, of course, is the obvious one, but actually both of these had to do with the season of Advent. In the other case, 
um, I would go on to spend a lot of time trying to find out more information about this whole thing. And in Googling Rowan Williams, um, something came up for me back then, maybe some of you will have seen this video, in those early, early days of YouTube, um, was a video of him giving an Advent reflection from the chapel in Lambeth Palace. And it was absolutely enchanting and really showed me a depth of spirituality that I was immediately drawn to, a way of framing all of this so differently from so much of the Christianity that I had grown up with. So this was true of both of these, and the container for those encounters was Advent. I share these stories because without succumbing to an unhelpful sense of nostalgia about memories of the past and maybe not recognizing the things that God is doing in our present, I think it's important to hold on to, and hold in mind those first things which made us fall in love with God. Those first memories or experiences, encounters that made us recognize our own belovedness, first made us see God's image in ourselves and in our neighbor, first drew us into the great story of God's redeeming work of mercy and of making all things new. As important as it is to develop a deep and searching, mature faith life, it's also important to hold these first things at heart. And this can come to us in all kinds of ways, but for me and my sense is for many people who come into this tradition, it, it had a lot to do with encountering these very things that we say and do and hold in mind in this holy season. And we are very much getting deep into it as our readings from scriptures today take us right into the heart of some of its key spiritual themes. From Isaiah, we hear a longing for deliverance that he tells us will come from and for the people Israel, a leader who will rise up, we are told, with wisdom and understanding, with counsel and might, with knowledge and fear of the Lord, who will come to them and set things right. And this prophetic vision is of a world of justice and righteousness we can't even begin to imagine the specifics of, one that requires Isaiah to say these crazy things about what it will look like when he comes, like the wolf shall lie down with the lamb. The violence and enmity that seems so entrenched between God's creatures will altogether cease, and the whole earth will have this harmonious hum of the knowledge and love of God. Paul, in his letter to the church in Rome, tells them that whatever they have heard from the scriptures of their past, including this from Isaiah, was written to help them understand the great truth and continuity of who Jesus is and what his coming means for the world, the great hope that is to be found in him. And in Matthew's gospel, we hear of John the Baptist, another great prophetic forerunner of the coming of Christ. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John's message to his people is one of repentance, that those things in our lives that are broken and set awry, things that we do as individuals and as communities, as societies, by which we continue to harm one another and live with injustice and unrighteousness, get ready, because when he comes, the world which he promises will have no room for those things. 
So don't waste any time. Turn away from them today. Longing, hope, and repentance. These are some words that point us directly to the meaning of this season. Longing because we know and we feel, we sense, that this world is not ultimately the world that God desires for us. This one in which we will perpetually be somewhat ill-fitted toward being in as Christians. Hope because the event of the first coming of Jesus, born of Mary, laid in the manger in Bethlehem, is the beginning of a revelation to us of what it means for this world to be set right, not as a proposition made intellectually or abstractly, but as a person. And repentance, because there are things we all need to do to get our lives in order if we are to be ready to welcome him when he comes again. And so in this holy season, we take time to keep vigil and make room in our lives and in ourselves to watch and wait for his appearing and indeed pray for it as we say, come Lord Jesus. Come we pray into our warring and divided world and bring us peace. Come into our broken hearts and bring us healing and love. Visit us with your joy and show us your glory that the whole earth may know your saving help. We are invited each year to make this our prayer in this season, to, as the hymn says, look east toward the inbreaking of a new heaven and new earth, and in the meantime to do all that we can to get things in order here, that he may find in our world and in our hearts a welcome place when he comes. Amen.